Pa 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 I feel like Leonard Bernstein with my fake nose. <laughs> I noticed you called it a fake nose. The fake nose. Yes. Not, not the, uh, the, uh, the prosthesis. The prosthetic nose of Leonard Bernstein. I'm waving my hands like a conductor. Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he'd appreciate this music, would he? I think old Lenny probably appreciated all kinds of music. Those guys are really, really smart people to do that, that work. Eat, okay. talk, repeat. Welcome Man. to the program. Now, we have uh, got some terrible disappointment here for the listening audience, I and that know. is that uh, we have an absence today mm-hmm. uh, that no doubt will be felt on the quality of the of the program. Now, it's, just, it's now time to just not listen any further because... Okay, um, yeah. It's a sausage fest, folks. <laughs> Ash Watkins not here with us this Friday. Feeling under the weather she is. You know that yesterday, the 24th, was the... Sickest is considered the sickest day of the year. Huh? Yeah, like statistically. I told know? her, well, hell? she sent me the article and then told me she was sick. And I said, <laughs> you're, I'm, I said I'm disappointed how average you are. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just what Ash Watkins wants to hear while she's under the weather. Yeah, sickest day of the year. I think I, it's all because of back to school. I think those little rugrats—you oh, send it, them yeah. back into kindergarten, you yeah. send them back into and school. They, they bring, they Hoover everything up with walking week. germs, walking germs. Yes, they do. Snot nosed little rugrats, little no neck monsters. They are. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. Well, well uh, so, who are we uh, with? With who are we without Ash? I mean, well, you know, we can try to find our identity today. We won't be. Ash is kind of like the school mom to our unruly children. Yes, in this podcast. And when the uh, when the cat's away, the mice uh, will we'll we'll play. play. Yeah, well, we will. Yeah, <laughs> even more sexual references. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sam Rajovsky here at What's Right, Sam, and in studio with me uh, in beautiful downtown Las Vegas is. The Grumpy Gourmet himself, John Curtis. Yes, and socials. I know there's too many uh, on the list. Too many. <laughs> this is what we need Ash for. EatingLV.com, my website that I, you know, even though the blogging is so 2012, I still blog. And uh, at John Curtis on Instagram and, of course, at Eating Las Vegas on X. But I have a pet peeve of the week on X. Should we go to it now or, or just... Just do it now, yeah. Get it, get it off my chest. Elon Musk... If you're listening, what in the fuck is going on? I can't, you know, the reason I'm on X, formerly Twitter, is because I, it was the first platform I joined way back in like 2009, 2008, 2009, when I think you still had your baby teeth, Sam, right? Around then? Yes, yeah, okay. no, absolutely. Right. At least so, three of them. Okay. And I got an immediate following because that was kind of my salad days in Las Vegas that. Oh seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Those were days when my my food writing career really took off, and doing the book and radio and TV and Iron Chef and all that stuff. And uh, so I joined Twitter and immediately got like thousands of followers on Twitter immediately. And so I've been a loyal Twitter tweeting guy since two thousand nine, and I use it basically just to. I don't get very political. I got a little political during the COVID stuff, but mostly it's just. Hey, folks, I'm a Las Vegas restaurant critic, and I ate here this week. And here's a few pictures, because they only they confine you to four pics on Twitter, which is fine with me. Uh, and then, and then I, I was at this Chinese restaurant. I love this sushi. And, oh, have you tried this new pizza place? Blah, blah, blah. So I've been doing that since 2009. Somehow in the last week, 
uh, Twitter X, whatever, doesn't want to take my photos. And it, and it, and it glitches, and, I've, and you, you try to find out the f- how to fucking fix it, and they just send you the one drop-down menu after the next, none of which work. And then, like, uh, 24 hours later, they go, would you like to retry to post your photos? And I push, and then suddenly they may or may not. Suddenly I'll tweet out nine things at once. So really pissed off about that. I don't know. Nobody. I'm just venting, folks. There's nothing we can do about this. I don't know. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't end, I'm going to just take my my ex um, platform and just fold it. Because I mean, it's it's, I, it you know, all this eating and talking about it is hard enough. And if you can't just easily post photos and make recommendations on social media, it becomes a more hassle than it's worth. And so, I'm old enough to say, fuck it. <laughs> You know, I'll just not not be on that, and I'll just go to Instagram or whatever. Or right, you know what Threads is? I mean, everybody says I should be on Threads. I don't think I think everybody got put on Threads if they're on Instagram, and so you kind of automatically sort of opted in or quasi auto. Oh. And then I I've been on there. It's it's just lame. It, it is, is uh, lame. Okay. I'm still sticking with X Twitter, whatever the hell it's called. I'm going to give it all a chance. But you saw that you know. I mean, he, they're, it's, a, it's wacky. You, you saw the Cybertruck is getting ready for production. If the if the programming looks anything like the design of the Cybertruck, yeah. everything you what need to know. What is the Cybertruck? Um, it's, got a, it's probably the ugliest car since the Trabant. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, the Yugo? The uh, Gremlin? Yugo, uh, the uglier than the Gremlin? Um, yeah. The Pacer? I'm going to... The you know what? I'm I'm going to show you a picture, and if, if John has not seen it, so I'm just going to see if you recoil you when I show you the around? pictures. What the f is it? Wait, it looks like a <laughs> it looks like a cardboard box with four wheels. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new uh, Tesla. Yep, that's the new Tesla. Jesus Christ! All right. Well, I don't give a shit about the cars. I just want I want Twitter to work. You do because you want to get the food news oh, out the, there. The food news you can use, and that's why yeah. people follow me. I mean, I've all I've I bought and a social the pithy media. commentary. I love the pithy commentary. I, I belong to. I, I I follow people on Twitter. I don't even agree with politically, just including you, Sam. <laughs> but just because I like, <laughs> I, I mean, back in the day, during the glorious days of the good internet between like 2000 and 2012, that that decade or so. I mean, there was all these websites, and everybody had funny comments and everything on these websites. Now it's all kind of transferred over to social media. So, and Facebook is lame because everybody's so old. But Twitter has some – the commentary on some of these things are great. I mean, you can hate the politics involved but love the snarkiness of it. And sometimes it's profane. Sometimes it's really just nasty, which you try to avoid. But there's a lot of very witty people on Twitter that I don't see on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, no, it's um, it's there's a lot of verbal sparring. But yeah, the, and that's fun. It can be fun. And if you don't take it too personally, people tell you you're full of shit. Say, you know, I am full of shit. Let me tell you how full of shit I am, and just lean into it. You can have a lot of fun on Twitter. <laughs> you can't. You really can. So yeah. we're um, what's what's okay, what, what food news it. do we have this week? Well, I've got one breaking story, which I think usually Ash does this. I'll get better soon, Ashley. Um, uh, I went to China Mama this week. And, you know, China Mama Didn't had a have a fire? Yeah, back in April when I was okay. in France. Uh, China Mama had a fire, and a bad one. And apparently, uh, sort of gutted uh, kitchen fire, gutted a uh, good portion of the restaurant on the original location at Spring Mountain and Jones. So they opened up in a rather nice space. I went to the new space a few nights back in, um, in, in the Shanghai Plaza in Chinatown, right on Spring Mountain Road. 
and we sit down. We get there early. Pro tip, you want to go to some of these popular places on Spring Mountain Road, get there right when the door's open, and then you can get a seat. China Mama is very tough to get a seat at anymore uh, the old, the, in the old location and the new one. So we get in there. We get seated right away. I'll talk about how great the food was in a minute. But uh, the manager comes over, and uh, see, we say hi, and uh, we see, he says, you ever been here before? And I said, oh, we've been, we're regulars at the old place. And he goes, yeah, we're reopening the old place. I went, really? He says, yeah, we're going to have three locations in town. And they're hoping to reopen the original uh, in November, and that will give them three locations, one uh, in Shanghai Plaza right on Spring Mountain, one at uh, Spring Mountain in Jones, and then the um, on Flamingo, which is um, – they call it uh, China Mama Express, which is kind of takeout and very uh, kind of quick serve kind of places. So China Mama is expanding. Uh, this The fire is going to be taken care of, and they're going back to their original location and keep the new ones. And we'll see that all happening in November. So I'm very excited about that. The other food news to use is I talked to somebody at Caesars this week, and they're saying November, early November, late October, early November for um, – uh, Peter Luger opening up. That's exciting. I'm, I'm hoping end of October is what we're looking at. So that's going to be that's that's what the, the big news is going to be. But they wouldn't commit to a date. I tried to push them, and they kept saying late November. Late, I said, oh, uh, late October. October, excuse me. And uh, so let's see what happens there. And uh, that was kind of the food news I got into this week. I didn't know Ashley was good. She scours the internet looking for all kinds of new things that I didn't bother doing because I got uh, I'm was I'm no low preparando, as we say in court, <laughs> for that. But I thought those were a couple little nice little um, tidbits. So uh, one other thing I went to, which is kind of food news you can use, because I went to the weirdest little thing, Sam. And I, I mean, I, and I thought, oh, this is not going to be anything. And I went, and it just blew me away. Something called the Tinned Fish Club. Have you heard of these people? Tin fish? Well, no, because but you were telling me about this yeah. when I saw you at coffee yesterday, yeah. and I and I w- w- tell me again. Th- these are people that get together in open air places and eat fish out of a tin, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not far from wrong. But is there alcohol involved? Well, there was that the place I when when I went a couple nights ago. Yeah, they they they've done it. Uh, let, let me let me get the handles on on these on the gals who do it because I want to make sure I get this right. This thing started um, just in the last year or so. It's a place called Tin Fish Club LV. That's their Instagram handle, and uh, the lady is Chris, and she's at Tin Tin underscore Fishionado. I love that the Fishionado, <laughs> and she and her husband also run the five nine eight zero bakery that they bake uh, sourdough out of their house and deliver it to home deliveries and restaurant deliveries. And she got uh, really seduced by conservas. In Spain, they call them conservas, which are basically uh, a fancy word for what you get out of chicken of the sea and star and anchovies and sardines. And but, it's a, but it's an elevated thing. Very, here, very upscale. Yes. Very upscale. Because, yeah. because France and Spain have been doing and, and, and Northern Europe have specialized in tinning herrings and sardines and anchovies and, and mussels and razor clams. I mean, this goes back centuries. And, uh, and now they've turned it into a thing. So they're, they're doing mail order sales and doing these events all over town. And they sell out immediately. They did one at the uh, Silver Stamp downtown. The one I went to was at Haleo in the Cosmo on the Strip. And they said they sold out in like, in like five minutes. I walk in, it's shoulder to shoulder, probably 85 people in here. 
in there. And they're all lining up eating all these uh, beautiful escabeche mussels out of a can and, and mackerel that I couldn't believe how good it was. And really high-grade tuna and olive oil packed mainly. Wow. They, I think these feature wow. mainly Spanish and Portuguese goods. But, then, you know, this is not your $2 can of starfish this, or, or sun uh, What are they called? Uh, Starkist. This is uh, really good stuff. And uh, people like it. It's great picnic food. It's great bar food. So Tin Fish Club, look it up. I mean, I think it's kind of a new thing. Who knew? Are you, I, are you in? Are you in? Well, listen, I, you, know, you know, I love, of course, you know, Spanish, you know, Catalan cooking, you yeah. know, these. So it's elemental in it. And, yeah. You know, you have all these cured, very salted, oily, you know, preserved fish. Um and you know from and it's so I love anchovies. I I like sardines. I'm I, I I but I grew up you know European parents and yeah. But it's it's it is interesting to me that in in the heart of Europe, this kind of food for poor people. Poor people. Yeah. We ate them because you know we weren't buying you know luxury fresh fish. You know we this was what we'd have sometimes for dinner. Open up a can of car- sardines and have some bread and a little bit of salad. This is when and you were all living in the little cardboard tented cor- shacks. Correct. We were on, living on inside okay. inside a cyber truck. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see you, little Sammy. And here's Sam. Here's your one piece of herring you can have for your meal. No, tonight. I got I got I got two, I got two I got you know I get like two pieces of, of, okay. of well you know put on buttered toast I mean look at all ten, canning fish started out before refrigeration it literally is uh, canning itself is about 150 years old the way we know it now and it started out as a way to preserve these because they, they catch all these anchovies all these small fish put them in cans salt them olive oil great way to preserve fish for a long time. And, uh, yeah, and, and it became poor people's food. But on a, uh, I think the Spanish and the French and the Portuguese have always elevated it to you can get the cheap stuff or you can get the really fine sardines where they pick out all the bones and they, and they, and they layer the fillets like, almost like art in the can. And, I mean, these things, you put it on a little bread, put it in a salad, you know, ma- make a salad with it. It's just, it's just phenomenal. I mean, and uh, I, I would not have thought it would catch on. When someone told, first told me about it, I thought, well, I love this stuff, especially when I go to Europe, especially in Spain. But, uh, no, but Americans won't like that. I mean, Americans just want cheap tuna fish, you know, with a lot of mayonnaise. They said, and then the tin fish gals told me, they said, no, they, every place they go, people are nuts for it. And the bars love it because, you know, you can just buy these tins, open them up. You know what I mean? There's no uh, no muss, no fuss. All you got to do is uh, all you need is toothpicks, <laughs> and you can have a great meal. So wait, so these people you pay they it's not BYO can you have they provide the fish the cans yeah they provide they, you, so you, you, pay, you pay they, you pay I think it was like eighty bucks a person okay it wasn't cheap but you get unlimited fish out of cans yeah you know is uh, it uh, something that's native to Vegas. Well, the Tin Fish Club LV is is uh, yeah okay in Vegas. Right. yeah yeah all right so yeah. people Tin Fish Club if you want to hang out with people that are a little fishy uh, a little <laughs> little, <laughs> little stinky little salty <laughs> yeah I'm so something's fishy in the state of Nevada all I will tell you is it's such an acquired taste and I surround myself with people that eat good food yeah and when we go to I, I don't know, EDO or yeah. something like that. And I'm ordering all the weird salted fish. Yeah, right. There are very few takers yeah, at the table. I'm always the one that's wolfing it down. Well, most of these fish, the best fish for canning are oily fish, mm-hmm. which also happen to be the most heart-healthy fish, mm-hmm. best for you. 
Uh, they have all kinds of omega uh, things and uh, acids and things I don't understand. But, yeah, they're, they're the best for you. But yeah, there's not a lot of takers, but apparently there are. And uh, these gals have a thriving business. And check it out. It's online. They also do bread. And uh, I was I was kind of blown away. I thought there'd be a dozen people in the place. I walked in, there had to be 75 people, shoulder to shoulder, uh, crammed in. They all paid for the privilege to be there. They get a little gift basket, but then they could, you know, drink all the great Jose Andres uh, gin and tonics and wine and all that. And it was great. It was a good event. And they did another one downtown at Silver Stamp. And, and these are going to be regular things. So if you go on the Tin to Fish Club website you can get invites and whatnot unbelievable okay so who knew that's great and i want to so as long as we're talking let's talk about haleo i went there how and, was that oh your photos look spectacular the best paella in the united states i will bet my life on it okay i mean they have a million dollar that's true they spent a million bucks building this paella pit for fresh wood fires underneath the three or four paella pans that they keep rotating through all night long, wood fired a giant suction. Uh, I think the suction thing was like the size of I don't know, it was like fifteen feet across to keep the uh, the smoke from going into the restaurant. But just phenomenal. I mean, rice and shrimp and seafood, and you can get you can get a vegetarian one, you can get a seafood one, you can get one with rabbit and chicken and, and sausage in it. It's just paella like you can't get anywhere else. I mean, I've seen other Spanish places in town try to do it, but nobody comes close to Haleo. And I think Haleo has two or three of these big pits in other Haleos around the country, one in Orlando, uh, and they told me another location. But that's it. I mean, you want to get authentic Valencia paella, Haleo is the place. Wonderful. Okay, um, I'm in. I And I keep, you know, obviously, like... A lot of people listening, I think you, everyone should be doing what I do is whenever you and Ashley mention something that where I haven't been, I have an, I have like a running list yeah, of yeah. restaurants to hit. Yeah, so I yeah. keep my own kind of catalog of different restaurants. When people <laughs> ask me, you know, oh, where should I eat? And I keep a, a note open on my computer where I just cut and paste and then send them this big, long-ass text message. Yeah. And then they think I'm, you know, like like, yeah. like a wow. savant yeah. or something. But know. really, they don't know. I, yeah. Just because I sit here and play with buttons on eTalk Repeat and <laughs> let you and Ashley regale me with your You're stories. Just, taking all the credit, as usual. I get it. I get it. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm happy to, you know. But that's what everybody ought to be doing here. That's yeah, the best yeah. part about the show and maybe uh, as yeah i don't know maybe as this thing gets more evolved you know we should have our own site here that yeah you know, publishes should. a guide an eating guide for uh, vegas and we should yes we should i mean it's gonna take it takes some work but, it, but eventually we will well on the same topic i was at garage east the other night and a guy, guy sitting next to me goes you're jack curtis yes i am and he goes yeah i follow you and i keep a list of all the places that you take recommend now so, i yeah. heard that you ran into somebody recently that uh unfortunately listens to this podcast and they 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 said actually some nice oh, yeah. things oh, about yeah, it yeah well look, look i'm not, I'm not going to bring her name into it because she's really nice you know <laughs> but but her initials are uh katie conway okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um yeah katie is one of the great pr gals in town i mean she's i think she started at caesar's palace in their public relations department back in the early 2000s and knows where all the bodies are buried. I mean, a really sharp gal, knows food, loves great food. Um, 
reps some really uh, Jose Andres is one of the people she reps them and 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 some really fine restaurants in town and she says she listens to us every week and sends a, and, and and sends a link to all her clients because she goes you know we're she goes you guys are never boring you're a lot of fun never boring I said that's what sets us apart I mean you may hate us you may think we're full of shit but we're not boring and as I learned from all my divorces the worst thing you can do with a woman is bore her. It's, it's not to not to cheat on her. It's to bore her to death. <laughs> you can get a, you can get away with cheating. You can apologize for cheating on her, okay? But what you can't get away with is boring her to death. So we try not to bore anybody to death, and that's the last marital marital advice you will ever get from me. <laughs> Where's Ash when we need? Her? I know this is a blind to leading the blind to scowl at us. By the way, can can do you think do you think the audience knows when? When she's scowling at us. Oh God! Yeah, you can you can you can hear it through the microphones. Okay. Last week when I when somebody said so, oh she was telling us that the restaurant was vet owned, and I asked for clarification whether it's a veteran yeah. or a veterinarian. She looked at me like yeah, she, she got she's like gonna she's gonna murder me. Yeah, I, I, I like like, like I almost, you were gonna start roasting Rocky right <laughs> in front of her. I mean, no, it was just a joke, Ashley. You know. All right, so where else did you eat? Where where didn't I eat this week? Okay, I'm looking at my paella pics and getting so hungry looking at them because I, uh, okay. Um, well, I talked about China Mama. Let me talk about China Mama food, the food there a little bit. It really was a forerunner, really the um, pioneer in bringing Xiaolongbao, the the Chinese soup dumplings, Shanghai soup dumplings to Las Vegas. When they opened, I think in 2007 or 2008, on uh, Spring Mountain and Jones, as I talked about, they no one here knew what these what these uh, what these dumplings were all about. So they were the first ones, the ones where you you basically there's they're they're a, a beautiful dumpling with with ground pork, usually in chives, sometimes shrimp and pork, and then there's soup inside the dumpling. You bite off the end of it, empty the soup into a soup spoon, and and then eat the eat the soup, and then bite the dumpling, usually with a little vinegar sauce or a little vinegar ginger. And nobody knew what that was when they opened in like 2007. And now they're everywhere. Now we have Xiaolong Dumpling. We have Shanghai, uh, Shanghai Taste, which is great. We have restaurants that don't even specialize in dumplings, having uh, soup dumplings all over Las Vegas. But they were the first. And they've gone through multiple owners over the years. But Ivy Ma owned, uh, I think, bought it, I'm guessing, six, seven years ago. And interesting, Ivy Ma, M-A, bought China Ma Ma. And uh, she has just elevated the food there. And wow. we we had not been since the fire, since April. So we go there early, check in, just the two of us. Another pro tip, big mistake, going to a Chinese restaurant with just two people. It's, you know, we you need a crowd because two people can never order enough food to really get well, the let full me experience. Ask, actually, let me ask about that. See, right. I think, I think you you need in order to try pretty much any restaurant, you need minimum of four people. And six is kind of an optimal number almost to... Except a sushi bar. Yes. Okay. The sole exception yeah, being yeah. an omikase sushi yeah, restaurant. Right. Yes. That would be it. That would be it. Yeah, because uh, food is... First of all, you're right. Food is more fun with the crowd. I mean, not that my wife isn't fun. Uh, but uh, And your wife is fun, too. I, no, no, no. But what it is is you can try uh, a, a, a joke more... There, won't you make? I went right over it. <laughs> kept talking. Uh, my... Just how much fun is no, my people. wife? <laughs> I'll, I'll, 
You know your wife listens to this program. I, I know. Anyway, yes, you need more than. I'm going to invite her up here. I'm trying to get my yes. We need the food gal on the air now. Okay. Well, we'll see. But we'll try to get her here. Okay. Um, but because it's but Chinese food in particular needs, I think at least four people to really because you want to get multiple things of you know uh, platters of things and and pick you know you don't want to like no one person wants to eat an entire serving of kung pao chicken okay you want to eat little this little that little that you know small bites chopsticks 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 and i think it really lends itself to it and whenever we go whenever the food gallon i go to chinese restaurant as a twosome and we do a lot it's always like we always see like 10 things you want to order but we get two and maybe three and even that's probably twice the amount of food that we really need you know, to, to be full. But um, but that's what Chinese food also travels well and usually reheats well. And so China Mama. So we went there, a little digression. What did I have at China Mama? I, I had this thing called salted egg yolk shrimp. You ever had that one? No. That's a newbie, right? right. New on me, too. And, I, and I've got, I've eaten at China Mama dozens of times, maybe not a hundred times, but I bet I've eaten there 30 or 40 times over the years. Um. And so I looked, I said, I've never had that. I've had their beef roll, which is great. Their dumplings are great. Their Xiaolong Bao are fantastic. The crispy, the crispy beef is great. The orange chicken, the cumin with lamb. I mean, there are so many great things. The, 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 the uh, 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 the Mapo Dofu. I mean, I can, I can just name, go on and on everything I've had there. The, the menu is spectacular. So I had, I've never had this. I said, let's give this a try. And I find out later after I eat it, it's a Shanghai specialty. They basically uh, stir-fry shrimp really fast, and they make this sauce, basically, with uh, egg yolks and uh, chicken stock, and it's kind of creamy and grainy at the same time. So you've got, like, an egg yolk, a little sugar in it, but it, it coats the chicken, uh, the chicken, the shrimp. Uh, they, they serve them with the heads off and peeled, and they're beautiful shrimp. And they sort of concede as a concession to Guaylos, which is you know Chinese for white guys like us. They 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 they, they serve them peeled, cleaned, uh, no heads with the tail still on though, and uh, then they toss them in this kind of yellowy, grainy, um, creamy sauce, and it's spectacular. Not spicy, uh, more more about. All that different mouthfeel. You get sort of a lushness in the mouth, a lot of umami. You get the crispiness of the shrimp that have been the snap of the shrimp. And then you get this sort of like grainy egg yolky thing on the roof of your mouth. And it's the kind of thing Cantonese love. I mean, if you study Cantonese cooking, they're into texture as much as they are flavor. And this this uh, salted egg yolk shrimp um, are a ex- good example of how all these different little textures sort of hit your taste buds in the roof of your mouth and your tongue, and that's what they crave even more than the flavor because it doesn't doesn't have a kung pao mm-hmm. kind of pow to it or a lot of spice, but it's um, it's it's very um, kind of indelible and kind of haunting because you start eating a bite going I've never experienced that kind of thing in my imagine sort of a grainy mayonnaise in your mouth that has like a sandy mayonnaise sounds gross right and savory and savory very savory like an umami bomb. But a really, really interesting dish. So had that, had their, their lace dumplings, one with a little 
crispy lace on top of their big fat ones, you know, which are like a little mini pork burger all by themselves. And, and, and the food gal swears they have the best green beans, the best seared green beans with pork of any Chinese restaurant uh, in Chinatown. So, yeah, China Mama is still a fine, still great. Uh, go early, otherwise you won't get a table. But they're super nice, and I had great service. And I, I, they kind of know who I, the old, I used to have like regular waiters at the old place. This is like a new crew at the new place. They didn't know who we were from Adam and uh, great service, top to bottom. China Mama, big, big fine. So we've covered. And you, and you like the new location. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's really, it's kind of spiffy. It's right there. It's right three doors down from Shanghai Taste, which also has great uh, soup dumplings. And uh, right in the middle of that plaza that must have about 30 different restaurants in it. But um, great. And the people were lined up. When we left, uh, we were like one of the first tables to get seated. We left about an hour later, and there was 20 people waiting for tables. It was great. So we've covered Tin Fish, Paella at Haleo, which is still a spectacular Spanish restaurant, China Mama. And I want to do a little shout-out about a place that is so good and is still under the radar. And we talk about it once in a while. But I don't think you've ever been here, so I'm putting Sam Marjofsky on the spot with this one. Okay. Have you ever been to Public Us? Yes, I've been there once, and I know that you love the place, but I waited in the longest line, and I was completely befuddled by the fact that you would wait in a line like that. Yeah, that's true, because homie don't wait in no line to eat. <laughs> so, homie don't play that. But the yeah. food is really good. It's, is a cra- it's a crazy, great. crazy good place. Uh, I... Trying to remember, I had a savory meal there. I had some sort of a um, bento. They do bento boxes there. Yes, I I had a bento box with a fried egg and yeah. rice, really nice, like yeah. pilaf rice with f- fantastic seasoning and some pickled vegetables. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was it was a really top shelf. Yeah, I mean, a spectacular place in the worst location. We've talked about this before, but they also do all their own baking there, and their pan au chocolat and and, and croissant. 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 I miss Ashley going croissant. Okay. They're croissant. I mean, I'm not going to say they're the best in Las Vegas because there's great croissant in Vegas, including, you know, right down the street here, 1228. We have Cafe Brege. We have Burgundy Cafe and Bakery. So there's lots of good French bakeries in Las Vegas now. But they're right up there. I mean, if there's a pantheon of great croissant, uh, Public Us is right there. And so I can't talk about it uh, highly enough. Uh, one, Another insider tip there, go early. You know, don't, yes, don't because I, there at uh, noon uh, for lunch or at, at, at 8.30 I for coffee. I got there right kind of in like 11.30 a time and on a Saturday, and it was just as the people were sort of rolling out of their – their yeah. beds to hit breakfast, you know, after a night of partying. And it was it was a tough, long yeah. line. It moves slowly. Yeah, it is. People and, are deciding what they want. Oh, you get behind somebody, and they, they do it kind of right there. They have a QR. They, they display all the food, but they also have a QR code you can bring up on your phone as you're standing in line. Or you can just point. You know, the guy at the, at the register is right there. You go, I want that bento box. Or I want that, that uh, croissant, and uh, uh, they'll get it for you. Also, a, a serious coffee game. So, yeah, a Public Us is wonderful, and uh, we can't talk. And a real another pioneer in the downtown food business. So that's kind of where I've been this week. I uh, want to do a shout-out, before I forget about it, to one of our loyal listeners who asked us this week um, 
I think they wrote Ashley did not write us. She she took the thing uh, the the question we answered it on Twitter. And the question was I'm trying to find it right here. If um, that uh, loyal listener uh, T Hunter two asks Spring Mountain can be intimidating. If you had to choose uh, for uh, if you had to choose just two or three spots to recommend to people since there are so many restaurants up and down Spring Mountain Road, which ones would they be? So oh. you first. I've got my list, but let's go with you first, Sam. Or do you want me to go first? So well, a, I, I already you know, what, wrote what, mine. What's the – like if, if, if this person I, – I understand. But first off, I understand being intimidated by Spring Mountain because it's a ton of – there's just an – I think it's the most dense yeah. restaurant district of like, – There's like 150 restaurants in a two-and-a-half-mile stretch. Yeah. Um. I would say, you know, I would say um, Sparrow and Wolf is a, an approachable restaurant. Right. That's a sit-down place that is, um, you know, kind of, I would can I say gringo-friendly? I mean, that's, you know. Well, it's that, a gringo restaurant. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's a yeah. tremendous restaurant. It's a white boy it, restaurant. And we say that with respect. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but it's a white guy restaurant. Brian meaning Howard is fabulous. Yeah. Meaning it's, it's just, it is, a, it's very approachable. And yeah. the, uh, the place kind of at the, at the almost end of Spring Mountain that I love, as you know, a Japanese uh, sushi restaurant is Kabuto. Kabuto. Kabuto is and it's, solid. It's a- absolutely wonderful. And I... And now we have music. Is that the... Co- <laughs> well, I don't I know what that, that was. I want that to make it into the show. That I don't was- think it did. I don't think anybody could hear it except for us. <laughs> there was somebody going, hello, with hard rock music in the background. No, no, no. That was... It just... This is our equipment. There's some uh, okay, cross pollination okay. here. We're, uh, we're good. Okay, Nobody okay. heard it. All right. And if you did, <laughs> pretend you didn't. <laughs> we're a highly professional organization here. Who's in charge? Okay. Yeah. Kabuto is uh, crazy good. I'll, I'll give you that. And for a sushi bar, and it's another early uh, pioneer. There wasn't any good sushi on Spring Mountain Road till Kabuto showed up. I think about twelve years ago. So yeah, Kabuto's good. Okay. So you got Sparrow and Wolf for white people. Okay, but you know it's a it's it's a gastro pub in the highest sense of the word. I think Brian Howard does some phenomenal food. Also, one of the great steaks in Las Vegas is at is at uh, Sparrow and Wolf. Um, so Kabuto, I'll give you a. Uh, he asked for two or three, and of course, I, you asked me for two or three recommendations. I'm going to give you eight or nine. So here here are mine, loyal listeners, and thank you again for the the ask there, Mister Hunter. Um, Two or three spots, well, I would say Japanese, Raku, or Izakaya Go, but I can't argue with Sam's Kabuto. Kabuto is a very particular kind of omakase sushi bar, but if you just want Japanese food like Izakaya, pub food, pub grub, a little, little cheaper, a little more casual, Raku or Izakaya Go. Chinese, we've already talked about China Mama. Vietnamese, District One, or mm. Yen Viet Kitchen. Yeah, the ultimate hole in the wall on Decatur at Spring Mountain, Yen Viet Kitchen, uh, dim sum. I love New Asian barbecue. Just it's one. It's right there. I mean, but again, you can get some pretty good dim sum up and down Spring Mountain now. But I still think New Asian is is the king. And what about Rincon? Rincon is your well. If you want Argentine yeah. beef, yeah, yeah, it's, it's also great. it's that. Because it's not just here's the thing it's not just Chinese food yeah, on or Asian, or Asian food yeah, yeah. in in, in China. Yeah, yeah. You're right again again I'm limiting myself. Yeah, he didn't say what are your favorite Asian restaurants. He said give two or three recommendations. And Rincon Buenos Aires is great. I immediately think 
He must mean Chinese food, Japanese food, Vietnamese food, etc. But you're right, Rincon Buenos Aires. And um, I also like Thai food, Lamai or Lamun. Lamai or Lamun. And uh, Lamai or Lamun is uh, our kind of sister restaurants on two ends of Spring Mountain. And uh, you've just got to try it. I mean, with great wine lists. Uh, and I think we have a special guest coming into the uh, studio as we speak. It's probably what well, all the interference was from the... Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, shall we introduce her? Uh, well, why don't I do this? Because you might say something mean. She's the only person who knows how full of shit I am even more than you do. So, Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's the food gal. <laughs> the food gal in studio. Oh, my God. How does this feel? To be on the other side of the, uh, of of the, of, I don't know. What do you call this? Of the of the, of the veil. On the other side, I don't know because I love laughing at you guys. So I don't think I'm that funny. See, she speaks. She actually has a voice. You're not. This is just a meme. I was going to say you're say you're supposed to say no 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 plus ones. Let's keep it famous. Yeah, we're the only famous people here. Why do we have this plus one in the studio? <laughs> No plus ones. It's a two plus one. A two plus one. Okay, well, you're here. You're well, here. I'm his plus one. Well, okay. and, and let me just introduce This is the, the better half of uh, <laughs> eating Las Vegas, <laughs> Senor Curtis. Uh, food gal, great to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Pinch um, hitting for Ash Watkins. I know. Where is she? I'm looking at the empty chair. Okay, you've got to keep your, your face next to the microphone. You know, we want you in studio, Alexander, because... I don't think that you've heard enough of the sound of my voice this week, so you need to hear oh, it even gosh. more. Okay. Ay, <laughs> Dios mio. Okay, now you got it. Here's, here's the thing. Keep your up to the microphone, and you've got to be witty. See, this is, erudite, this is what we go through. This. Erudite, witty, and, uh, um, and, uh, and snarky all at the same time. Okay. Did, did okay. you promise to mansplain everything in your wedding vows? Uh. Yes. When the two of you... No. Did, if, had I known that was John no. promised you matrimonial bliss and uh, <laughs> and, and near constant edification and yes. decades of mansplaining, and I'm holding up my end of the bargain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I right. think I think it, it was mansplaining, not manspreading, John. You so. know what? I had a common phrase that I used to say. I'd say yeah, it was kind of visual. Stand back, ladies. He's all mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. And she was not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're talking Chinatown, uh, food gal. Okay, and since you're pinch hitting for Ash, um, give us, somebody comes up to you on the street, at your office, whatever, says, hey, you're the food gal. Uh, and Chinatown is so intimidating. Uh, and I, I, I can't process the hundreds of 100 restaurants there. Give me three recommendations of where I should eat in Chinatown. Assuming they're an ardent foodie, you know, someone who's up for anything adventuresome. Not, not, not a Sam Mirjofsky ketchup on pizza uh, uh, sirloin guy, but a real, <laughs> a real a guy with some imagination. Mm. Yeah, because mm. I was going to say, you mm. have to kind of eyeball everybody first and say, like, which category do you put them in? Like the, the Instagram food crowd or the really, really good... Uh, authentic. Are they sushi bros? <laughs> or sushi bags. Sushi bags. bags. I knew, I triggered Sam with sushi bags. I invented a word, sushi bags. Well, it was an obvious. Sushi, douche bags who like to overpay for sushi. It was an obvious directed That's attack. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Food gal knows. Okay. She, 
Okay, okay. Uh, before we completely lose the plot here, uh, tell three us. Three restaurants. Three restaurants. Oh, your Chinatown. favorite three. We're, we go to Chinatown. How many times do you think you and I have been to Chinatown? A thousand? Every weekend. Yeah, just about, yeah. Okay. Uh, you'd have to put Raku because it's the godfather that started it all, and they still do really unique Japanese food that you don't get in a lot of places. True. Um, you got to throw a sushi place in there. Okay. Which one? Well, now I'd pick our newest favorite, which is uh, Kaiseki Yuzu, which uh, does a nice little, um, but it's omakase only in a very, very small, what, six seats? Six seats, $150 a person, omakase. But, but wow, that our one mm. time there so far is like. That sounds really wow. good. I need okay. to go to that. Okay, No sushi, no sushi bags will have to. Okay, yeah. see, that's the you problem. Know, you know what they don't do there, <laughs> see, Sam? You did direct that just at him. See, you know what they don't do? They don't walk out with, like, here's my 10-pound tuna loin. Look at, oh, look at this giant crab. Take a picture of me flaming this giant crab. You know, that's the sushi bag thing. That's what, you know. I wish people could see you right now because uh, you're acting it out. He is. <laughs> this is not just a theater of the mind. I mean, okay, John right. is Back doing something the- with that crab and that I think is... Might be a crime in most jurisdictions. As usual, I'm not letting my wife talk. And this is where my statement comes in. Stand back, ladies. He's all mine. <laughs> if you can see that, you go, oh, wow. Okay, come on. A third one. Come on, food gal. Uh, third one. Third one. Um, you got, you got your, your Kaiseki Yuzu. I'd probably pick a dumpling cool. place, like maybe Shanghai Dumpling or something. Shanghai Taste. I'm sorry. Say, yeah, say, Shanghai. Shanghai Taste that. is... is that's that's the that's the little tiny hole in the wall right there next to China Mama. Okay, non Asian Spring Mountain Road. No, you know what I also I love, uh, I love yummy rice too. <laughs> yummy rice is lame. It's just little bowls of rice served to like little tiny old Chinese women and my wife. <gasps> yeah, so okay. rude. <laughs> it sounds good. I mean, I, nice I'm rice bowls. I mean, I'd be into a tiny bowl of rice. <laughs> And it's like it's like your mom's house. If you're she was Chinese, like they give you the little uh, what do you call it? The egg souffle. Egg souffle. What, what is that? It's a little extra treat. <laughs> <laughs> and some pickled vegetables. You know. Okay. Some pickled. Yeah. You like yummy rice. Okay. Fine. Um, all right. So uh, non Chinese place on Spring Mountain Road. Favorite. Come on, quick. I would do Half Bird. Because they have a delicious hamburger. God, you are a burger queen, aren't you? How is that? that You go to Chinatown to get a non-Chinese food, and you pick something from a bird place that's not a bird. The irony just just reeks off the page with that one. Okay. (laughs) You can see, this is the kind of marriage we have, folks, you know. I'm goading, and she's trying to bring us down to earth and be practical. Okay. Well, Uh, this is what we needed. (laughs) Grounding. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go into a marriage counseling session here pretty soon. Okay, so that's we've talked about Chinatown. Now we're about we're about ready to wrap up. I think so. I mean, uh, you, you uh, didn't uh, ask me about anything. Okay, <laughs> can oh, we do one thing? Sam, we're in the same boat there. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just a John show. Okay, it's today's a John show. Eat that's... John, repeat. All right, <laughs> Alexander, real quick, pet peeve of the week. Talk about influencers on Ozempic. Talk about it real quick, and then we'll wrap. We'll wrap. Oh. That we heard this from a, a certain uh, yeah, yeah. A PR, PR person. new PR problems when um, people are coming to have food and they're promoting it. They're influencers who line up restaurants to, to and go so ahead. So this, uh, this PR per- gal told us that she has to have a whole new set of questions because 
the influencers are coming in. Um, this kind of goes back to your people who use it for their own platform. Um, and he's eats a couple of dishes and goes, oh, I can't eat anymore. I'm full. And they're like, well, the chef has a whole tasting menu so you can taste everything and present it on your platform. And they're like, yeah, but I'm on Ozempic and I'm really, really full. And she told us this had happened to her multiple one. times. Some of them are big influence out of L.A. They literally come, they come to town with their cell phones and, to, to, and they line up these, these things to, to go to places. They're not interested in eating the food. All they want to do is basically take pictures of it. She says they don't eat. And she, you, she said it's happened more than once. And now she has to ask them, are you going to eat or are you here just to take pictures? Which, which confirms my theory forever that all, most of these influencers, they're not into food. They don't know it. They don't love it. They don't even eat it. They're just using it as a platform to advertise well, themselves. Well, they're so far away from this show a, that they don't eat it. They don't do anything with it. They just go out and... They use it as a platform to advertise themselves. A real food critic would never take willingly unless they were dying of cancer an appetite suppressant. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. That's true. I mean, by definition, they would... Instead of, by the way, I'm mean, don't get me started on Ozempic because most people need to just fucking take a jog, okay? <laughs> Go to the gym. Yeah. All right. Or do what I do. Take a two-mile walk every day. Two okay. miles? You're always out there five, six miles. Yeah, but at least try for two. Start with two. That you, the, you'll, you'll drop five pounds right away. You know, try to do a two-mile walk Basically every day. Basically take a break. But, the, but you know, Ozempic really, for people who don't know, that's, right. it'll, it'll, if you eat too much, you'll, you'll throw up. I mean, yeah. it'll it, – and it stops – your your slows down almost to a crawl. Your stomach's digestion, so you're you can't keep putting new food on top because your stomach's not clearing out. So Oof. the idea of being a food critic, yeah, or and, in, or influencer, whatever, yeah. and you know the lines blurred these days, right? So yeah. it, and and putting yourself in a position where you really can only sit down and eat a fistful, right, yeah. of food because that's the size of your stomach um, is um, yeah. Um, Anathema yes. to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we're good. Okay. We've got a, we've got the, the Food Island Studio, uh, Pet Peeves, uh, recommended a lot of Chinatown talk today. And uh, no, Ashley, but we've given you some food news you can use and only picked on Sam so much. You know, and Ash, you got off easy today because you and I usually gang up on Sam when he's not in the studio. So I'm going to come for you guys one of these yeah. days. <laughs> you know, I'll sharpen my knives. Okay. Well, that's it. Okay. Well, bon appetit, everyone, and uh, good night, Canada. Well, I guess it really doesn't matter what I did this week. All right. Well, I, well, I, I like, again, we put it out. Like, it's okay. Just this is, look at me. Passive, Sam. passive yeah. aggressively. <laughs> right. Passive, turning the music up. Passive aggressive like the Panzer Corps. <laughs> Eat, talk, repeat, folks. Bye. See you next week. Love ya. Go live in the disco. <laughs>